You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. It's going to be so glorious when we're caught up and we're with the Lord, instantaneously changed, resurrection bodies, and every disappointment in this life will be made right. Every unfulfilled longing fulfilled. Every romantic desire fulfilled. Listen, he's the fullness of life, Jesus. When the day comes that you enter into the kingdom of heaven, all things will be set right. The existence that Jesus always intended for you will finally be, and in that, your purpose will be fully filled. Today, Pastor Danny teaches you some of what heaven will bring. He helps you understand that the life that awaits you will be far greater than you can imagine. Even if all your hopes and dreams of this world were met, you'd be willing to trade it all for the gloriousness of heaven that God offers. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As he begins his message, are you ready for the return of Christ? music and uh, I love the old rock and roll stories of musicians and I I study them uh, I love going to old concerts and it's hard to find many now because most of those guys are dead guys in my day but let me give you because most of the people I pastor these days are mature you come from my generation and I'm not going to give you the tune because a couple of reasons I won't do that. One, I'll, I'll butcher it. But even in its butchered state, you would recognize the tune. I'll just give you the words. Now, don't shout it out. If you know it, don't shout it out. I'll give you a chance at the, at the end and just listen to the lyrics and see if you can identify the song. Unless you're old, you won't be able to do it. Look over yonder. What do you see? The sun is arising. Most definitely. A new day is coming. Ooh, ooh. People are changing. Ain't it beautiful? I can't give you the next line because that'd give it away. Better get ready to see the light. Love is the answer. And that's all right. So don't you give up now. So easy to find. Just look to your soul and open your mind. Catch this one. Maybe tomorrow, when he looks down on every green field and every town, all of his children and every nation, there'll be peace and good, brotherhood. Any guesses? 
People are changing. Ain't it beautiful? Crystal blue persuasion. Now, the band. Come on. Tommy James and the Shondells. Yeah. 1968. It's a classic. Still being played today. Why do I start the message from the Bible with that song? Because just like I shared with John Lennon's song recently, the song Imagine, where John imagined a better world. That's what Tommy James is singing about. I heard Don Henley a few years ago in an interview telling the motivation for most of his songs. He said, these songs are about what is love? What is life? Musicians writing songs, longing for a better world, longing for paradise. Listen, when the Bible says don't love the world or the things in the world, some of us as Christians misunderstand that. You're not to love the creation. No, appreciate the creation, enjoy the creation. Don't worship the creation, worship the creator. And this creation is in a marred state. But as we saw recently, a couple of weeks ago, God is going to restore paradise. Every longing fulfilled. Every unfulfilled romantic desire fulfilled in Jesus. He's the fullness of every desire. We have the answer that all the songs are written about. The answer is Jesus. We have a Bible reading plan. I got to say it every time because you never know when we have, might have one new person. We have a church Bible reading plan. And what we're doing right now is as we're reading through the scriptures and we just finished First and Second Thessalonians, we just started First Timothy. We're pulling out a section from our previous reading and teaching on that. And I couldn't help but be led to First Thessalonians. I know we've already read it, but go back with me to First Thessalonians chapter 4. One of my favorite passages. I don't know if you noticed as you read through First and Second Thessalonians that there's a lot of prophecy in these two letters. In First Thessalonians, Paul the Apostle writes, and at the end, scripture we're going to talk about this morning, he writes about what we call the rapture of the church. He has to write 2 Thessalonians because some, somebody, some group had forged Paul's name and taught the Thessalonian church that the day of the Lord and the rapture of the church had already happened. And they got left behind. And so he writes 2 Thessalonians and he says, no, the day of the Lord hasn't happened. Second coming hasn't taken place. And here's some things that have to happen before that happens. And so you can know that hasn't happened yet. And so you didn't get left behind. First Thessalonians chapter four, one of my favorite passages, verse 13. Brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. He's talking about death or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, 
who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together. That's called the rapture of the church. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. How cool is that? The amazing thing is it's really going to happen one day. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I was so encouraged to have two teenagers come up after last service and come and say to me, I can't believe you taught on the rapture of the church because we've been talking this past week with one another about the rapture of the church. They're doing what the text says. Talk about it. This is not some fairy tale. This is not some Disney animated deal. This is the real thing. This is going to happen one day. And one of the great encouragements about the rapture of the church, it's going to be a reunion. Those we've lost to death in the Lord who are now with the Lord, but their bodies are dead. One day, resurrection bodies, Paul writes and he says, in the twinkling of an eye, be changed. They go first, we go right after them. And in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. We'll meet the Lord in the air. It's amazing to think about. One of the wonderful things about it, and I use this scripture a lot of times at funerals because it's a great encouragement. You grieve because you've lost someone, but you know they trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and so you know you're going to see them again. You're going to be reunited. I often think of my mother. I still miss her, but I know where she is. I think of my grandmother, and I miss her, but I know where she is. I can't wait to see my Uncle Maureen, my Aunt Patricia, my Uncle James, my Aunt Lib. I thought in this message of the reunion that I'm going to have with Bro Laird, Pastor Vivian Laird that served with me at the other church for many years, Irish fellow with the white hair, prayer warrior. But if you knew Pastor Viv, if you got to know him, know him at all, if every time he saw you, he would say, Hey, bro, how you doing? If he always called you bro, you knew he couldn't remember your name. <laughs> and in his elderly years, he, he couldn't remember your name. He called me bro a lot of times. I can't wait to see Pastor Viv again. I can't wait to see Marilyn Laird again. Can't you just hear Viv? Bro! Good to see you. But even greater than the reunion we'll have with loved ones that we've lost to death in this life is being with the Lord. Now, you have to take that by faith, but you take it by faith from the Scriptures. I wrote down Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. Here's what it says. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. It's going to be so glorious when we're caught up and we're with the Lord, instantaneously changed, resurrection bodies, and every disappointment in this life will be made right. Every unfulfilled longing fulfilled. 
every romantic desire fulfilled. Listen, he's the fullness of life, Jesus. And we're going to have fullness completely in him. I like to tell people, look, if you're not married, when the rapture takes place and you want to get married, you'll never ask to come back and do it over again so you can get married. There'll be complete fulfillment and an amazing reunion. It's going to happen. I can't wait. But I have to. But I do have a question. How close are we to the rapture of the church? How close are we? Some of you have heard these things before. It's okay. Need to hear them again. Here's some things that remind me how close we are. In the 1940s, a prophecy from Ezekiel 37 was fulfilled. Israel became a nation again. For hundreds of years, please understand, there was no nation of Israel. And a lot of the prophecies of the second coming of Christ that had to be fulfilled have to do with the nation of Israel. Well, for hundreds of years, there was no nation, Israel. So during those years, you would have read these prophecies connected with Israel, and you would have gone, can't be soon. There is no Israel. But in the 1940s, Israel was reborn as a nation, miraculously. Ezekiel the prophet looks there, recorded for us in Ezekiel 37. It's a valley filled with dry bones. And the question is asked, can these bones live? This is a smart prophet. He says to God, you know. I don't know. And all of a sudden, the bones begin to shake and rattle. And then they stand upright. They become skeletons. And then flesh comes on the bones. It's a vision of the prophecy of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. We live in what's called the church age. Now, why is this important? Don't have time to get into these things in detail, but Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 to 27, is a specific prophecy God gave to Daniel concerning things that would take place before the end of the world as we know it and the coming, second coming of the Messiah. It's 490 years of human history. 483 of those 490 years have already been fulfilled. 483rd year, the prophecy fulfilled was that the anointed one, that's Messiah, that's what Messiah means, the anointed one. Messiah would be cut off, that's the cross. Prophecies leading up to the coming of the Messiah and the cross now fulfilled, Jesus dies on the cross. 483 years fulfilled. And then something the Old Testament prophets did not know because God didn't tell them. It was this thing called the church age. And the church age began at the cross. 483 years completed of 490 years of prophecy and things happening on the earth before the Messiah comes back. There's a gap between the 483rd year and the 490th year. The 490th year is when... Messiah returns. 
It's called the church age. Because Israel has rejected their Messiah as a nation, as a whole, and now the gospel has gone out to a world of Gentiles. Any pure Jewish blood here this morning, you're a Jew? None in this service. We had three in the last service. That's rare. So in this service right now, we're a bunch of mutts. We're a bunch of Gentiles. And I'm so thankful that the gospel has gone out to the Gentile world. And what has to happen, one of the things that the Bible prophesies before the second coming of Christ is that the Gentiles, that God is willed to be saved, are going to be saved. And when the last Gentile is saved, then Jesus breaks through the clouds. So, again, the prophecy here, 483 years of prophecy already fulfilled, and now this undisclosed period of time called the church age. The end of the church age is the beginning of what the Bible calls the great tribulation. Jesus said it's going to be a time on the earth unequaled from the beginning and never to be equaled again. And things in quick succession begin to happen on the earth, and it's going to be cataclysmic. So 483 years, the cross, undisclosed period of time, the church age. At the end of the church age, the beginning of this seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation. At the end of that seven-year period, 490 years, Jesus returns. Point is, we're living in the church age. We live in the days of modern military. We live in the days of nuclear capability. We've seen it years ago. Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Revelation chapter 6 and 9, hard to fathom, prophesies that in this period known as the Great Tribulation, 50% of the world perishes because of world war and then the judgments begin to fall from heaven and people begin to die not only from the world war, but from the judgments that fall from heaven. Jesus said if those days had not been cut short, nobody would survive. And as hard as it is to fathom, 50% of the population dies. You would have read that years ago and gone, how in the world are that many people going to die from a world war in that short period of time? Well, we know modern military ability, nuclear during the Great Tribulation, God raises up two special witnesses. They have ministries similar to Moses and Elijah. They can turn water into blood. Uh, they can call down fire from heaven against their enemies. Pretty good tool. They minister for three and a half years, half of the Great Tribulation. And then God says, okay, your ministry's done. Allows the world to martyr them. They die in Jerusalem where they're prophesying. And here's what the Bible says very specifically. The world is so happy that these guys are dead. It's what I call the first anti-Christmas. They begin to send gifts to one another because these guys are dead. They refuse them burial for three and a half days. They only bury them because by now they're, they're going to bury them. They don't ever get to. Their, their bodies are starting to decay. And just as they're probably about to bury them, God says, okay. And he snatches them up to heaven. But here's what's fascinating. The prophecy says that the world, the world will gaze on their dead bodies. You would have read that 
years ago and gone, how in the world is the world going to see those dead bodies? Well, it's nothing for our generation. Every major network is going to be there. It's going to be broadcast on every channel around the world. And everybody's going to celebrate the first anti-Christmas. You would have read many, many, many years about this thing called the mark of the beast that you can't buy or sell. You go into Publix, unless you got the mark on your hand or on your forehead, no checkout. Interesting to me how many places I go during COVID-19 that you can't use cash. They're already doing the chip thing. They're doing the chip thing on humans. They're experimenting now with what looks like a tattoo. It is a tattoo, but it's like your barcode. And now, just like you would scan the barcode of something you're purchasing, now, in order to pay for what you're purchasing, it might not be a chip. It could be a barcode right there on your hand, right there on your forehead. We look at it and go, I know how that would happen. They're already doing it. This is one of the most fascinating to me and the one that gets my Jesus bumps going. Prophecy in Ezekiel 38 verse 5 of a group of nations, and they are named there, and they ally themselves together against Israel. You look at every one of those nations, and every one of those nations, as we sit here in church this morning, they hate Israel. If they had their way, they'd wipe Israel off the map. And Ezekiel prophesies that these nations are one day going to come together against Israel during what's known as the Great Tribulation. For hundreds and hundreds of years since the prophecy has been given, two of the nations that are listed in verse 5 have never had a military alliance until just a few short years ago. And now Russia and ancient Persia which is modern-day Iran, have a military alliance. And they are in league with other nations, friends with other nations listed there in Ezekiel 38, verse 5, that hate Israel. And then you have Luke 21. I hate the COVID thing. I love the COVID thing. I hate the COVID thing. I love the COVID thing. What do you mean? Every time I think of COVID-19, I think of Luke 21, verse 11. Luke 21, verse 11. In a list of things that Jesus said, here are some things that are signs of my soon coming. And when you see all these things, Luke 21, verse 11, there'll be great earthquakes. Man, it's nothing to see another earthquake in a place you never heard of an earthquake. Famines and here it is, pestilences. It's a pandemic. It's not the first pandemic the world has experienced. One of the worst years ago was called the bubonic or black plague. But here's the difference in COVID-19 and the black plague and others like it. This one's global. It's affecting the whole world. You talk about a message from God for the world. You talk about a sign of Jesus' soon coming. COVID-19 is a very clear one. If you got your spiritual ears on and your spiritual eyes open.
Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today as he continued to walk us through the books of the New Testament. From the life of Jesus and his ministry to how the gospel spread in the early days of the church, the New Testament books offer much insight into how we're supposed to live our lives now. They're not just an interesting story or a history lesson. These things actually happened. Is this New Testament Highlights series speaking to you in a personal way? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email and tell us what your experience has been as you've listened to these teachings. Our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, come join us and hear from Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. You'll find all the information you need on our website, ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Here at The Living Word, we value digging into Scripture in order to learn and to grow in our personal pursuit of God. So we hope you'll join us again next time as we continue teaching the Word and reaching the world. We look forward to the next edition here on The Living Word.